Okay, great. Anybody got any funny jokes? Not for right now. I'm saving all of my laughter and hilarity for the podcast. Good job. <laughs> You're listening to Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. Hello and welcome to episode six of Live from the News Dungeon, a nondoc.com podcast. Uh, we're not live, nor are we in the News Dungeon for this episode. Uh, we're going to have to tweak our name. I'm Trey Savage, your host. I'm here via Zoom uh, web call on, and I'm sitting in my closet. I don't know about anybody else. Uh, yeah, I I'm think this with- is live from our closets. Oh, yeah. Live from our closets. That's Angela Jones. She's our operations Hi. manager here at Nondoc. And we have Andrea Denhood in a, you can't see it, but an OU hoodie. An OU hoodie that I feel like I've been wearing for about six months straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> speaking of speaking of being cold, that's our topic this week. Uh, we're going to talk about the weather because OMG, it's been B-A-D. Bad. <laughs> Um, I have been... Is that a dad joke? Uh, it was dang near. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a cat dad. My cat is yeah. confused as to why I'm sitting in the, in the closet and she is, um, snuggling into a, uh, tub of dress shirts that need to go to the dry cleaner. So just doubling down on those being filthy. Well, uh, <laughs> Angela, where are you? You look like you're also in a closet. Also in a closet. I'm back in my house. And uh, just trying to get everything laundered and set straight. We spent the snowstorm with a friend and her children in Norman. So that was fun. But a week later, it was like, okay, we've got to figure out how to separate these children. So It sort of felt like a Monday today. Now, this will be coming out on Monday, but we're recording this at 1 p.m. Friday, February 19th, uh, after uh, a week of, of storm uh drama mess and stress really mm-hmm. uh we started uh, like more than a week ago with the stress of this upcoming snow deluge of, of a foot and a half of snow potentially andrea you recently lived in new york city uh and i felt like you would have been fine with all this but it seems like you you weren't expecting it in oklahoma well, so two things. One, I was not expecting it. I was like promised very mild winters when I uh, when I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? that? Who, who said that? Like, I remember going to college here, and like winters would be like it might snow, but like it often didn't, and it wasn't like you know, like there was one winter in New York where it didn't break twenty for like six weeks, and like <gasps> was not expecting you know that here. I think the other thing here is that like stuff keeps breaking, you know, like during the ice storm, I didn't have power for two weeks and here, like my water has been really touch and go. So I think that makes it just like a really different ball game. Yeah. It's, it's very unkind. So who lost power, who lost water? We had just in case you were living under a rock, which probably wouldn't have been very good. Um, you know, we had a big storm hit what Saturday night into Sunday. And then we had a reprieve Monday. And then we had the other big storm hit on Tuesday. And um, now I just, my, pipes, my pipes first froze, I think, like last Tuesday. Oh, no. <laughs> like a while ago. Yeah. And then they thawed and then the hot water froze. And it's just been like, 
yeah, an adventure. No. What, um, what about you, Angela? You, you left because your heart, your, your, uh, your heart was too cold. Your house was too cold. <laughs> my house and my heart are both freezing cold <laughs> and black. Uh, yeah, I just have one of those, um, I call it the Gatsby pad. It's just one of those really lovely historic hundred year old, um, duplexy homes and I'm the duplex on top and it's just really hard to get it warm or cool. And I was like, so I'm, I'm going to stock my fridge. I'm going to go do like the weather Walmart run, like the, the fridge prep um, and potentially lose power like I did for two weeks last time. So like a little PTSD there. I have a hard time stocking the fridge now. And I thought, or I'll just go to my friend's house in Norman who never seems to lose power, water, anything. She has, she lives in some like magical vortex. And so um, as expected, like power and water and heat and all the things were in abundance, just also lots of children in the house, lots of screaming. Oh, that's yeah. always exciting when you're locked in yes. uh, <laughs> after days. Now we've got for the podcast rundown today, we've, we've got three kind of things we want to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the energy grid, which we, uh, you just hinted at the, everything going on with the Southwest power pool and all the energy problems across the, uh, across the Midwest and, and even the South. Uh, and then wanted to talk about TV coverage, um, because I don't know if you guys watched much television news coverage of this ordeal, but speaking of a vortex of, of insanity, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was intense, um, and, you know, stressful as usual. I think that's, I think they, I think the Nielsen ratings, uh, are higher the more you you scare and worry the people who watch you i think that's my understanding of that i'd have to check but um and then thirdly <laughs> i kind of want to talk about like the climate in general um is it changing yes it is and then um you know what are the effects therein and then we have our other other segments so so which of those three topics do you guys want to start with uh did he, who watched tv this week I did not watch TV at all. I suddenly, like, I'm just now feeling weird about it. Only now are you calling that to my attention? <laughs> I'm Well, I just, how did you find out information then? Did you I'm use the that. internet? Non-doc.com. <laughs> Non-doc.com. Yeah, we, I don't know that we, it was like a struggle for us just to wake up every day and, and do anything, much less. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I know. I couldn't define anybody like the classic newspaper you know, there's ice on the road story. Give me, give me 700 words on how it's cold outside. Oh, you know, I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that. But the, no, the TV stations kind of treated it like, like tornado coverage, right? Like wall to wall, um, just, you know, uh, a constant, uh, you know, crew of storm trackers on the, uh, roads you know basically out on the roads being like the roads aren't great don't go on the roads you know kind of thing and then the poor poor bastards who are the the tv reporters or even i saw on channel five poor evan onstott he's the normal like one of the main anchors and he even had to go stand out in the snow and stand out there with a microphone and be like hey i'm here reporting out in the snow there's a lot of snow um it's coming down right now you shouldn't be out here but I am uh, live back to you in the studio. I can't feel my teeth, you know, kind of thing. So there was a lot of that. I got a little cynical about it. I, I didn't, I was, tr I tried to make a bad joke on Twitter. I, I upset my, my friend Storm Jones with an, with an E who does great work. Uh, although he should thrive in this because 
his name is Storm. So, I know. I, I was mean, just about to say, are you kidding me? You have a friend who's a weather person whose name is Storm. He's just a normal news person. But when you work mm. in this market in TV news, any weather event, everybody becomes a weather person. Like, go, <laughs> like, go stand under that bridge and see, is there water under that bridge? Oh, there it is. There's water under here. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> is that's, it frozen? That's, the, that's what you missed a fair amount of. Then to transition to our next topic a little bit, that like, I guess it was, when did the, when did the rolling blackouts start or the temporary outages to save power? That was Monday. I want to say that. I want to say that was Monday. Yeah. We should have taken notes, but it's, I don't really, (laughs) it doesn't feel like I, the last 10 days have been, I don't know. I couldn't tell you the order of which things happened. No, Um, it's just been one long hot chocolate day and sticky fingers as far as I'm concerned just a lot of sticky fingers and hot chocolate it doesn't really matter what day it is sticky fingers I'm yeah like you've been stealing things <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. I've had a house, there's just been a house full of kids like there's like a jelly handprint every time you turn around <laughs> okay all right I that's not Okay. Uh, it was a bad joke, Trace. I missed this on Twitter. I think you should repeat it and shame yourself. Well, again. my bad joke was, okay, so everybody started talking about, you know, you got to turn off your, turn your heater down and, you know, don't do dishes, don't do laundry and turn off lights and all these things. And then there was a big debate on should, you know, should the corporate community get involved? Are we going to darken the skyline? And it took some amount of Twitter shaming for the scissor tail bridge to get, you know, darkened and, and then, you know, then there was a debate, should the thunder play and, and all this sort of stuff. And so this became the new thing, you know, on, on TV was, was, you know, save, save your, um, save your uh, uh, power, you know, don't turn off all these things, but never once was it turn off your TV, right? Like this has been going <laughs> on for eight hours. It's the same shit that it was two hours ago, but Hey, we got Val in the, in the truck which also like they they kept bragging on 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 one station about this guy who'd been in the truck with his wife for like 48 hours without sleep and they were like he's out on the road what a trooper and it's like that guy shouldn't be driving yeah that seems really insane right so it was just do as i say not as i do so i made so i joke i said imagine how much power we'd save if we unplug or we powered down the large tv antennas you know (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and anyway, I, and I get, I didn't mean to belittle my, my colleagues because man, their job sucks more than mine in terms of weather coverage. But I was just, you know, kind of the point of like, we're all watching on TV or at least one of us was watching on TV discussion <laughs> of how we shouldn't use electricity, but by all means, don't turn off the TV. You won't know what happened next. Well, so, then I did a great I, job. I didn't even turn it on. I guess I don't care were, what happens in the world. I'm just trying to survive day to day. I don't even, what tomorrow, what's that? I don't know. I didn't know that neither of you were going to watch other. I could have turned on two other TVs. Yeah. You could have, have had my a, TV a, time. Yeah. Right. I, it would have, I could have had all three major channels on there. It would have been <laughs> a, a, a snow. I wish I could come up with something to call it. Maybe we'll figure that out in post. Um, you don't like snowpocalypse? You're, uh, you're not right. Into- right. So the, so the one person among us who actually like went down the rabbit hole a little bit of this electricity debacle uh, was Andrea. Um, because I don't know whether she volunteered or I assigned her to watch <laughs> some some meetings of the Oklahoma Corporation Commission, which when you moved from New York, you didn't know that you would do this sort of fun stuff. But uh, tell us about what happened this this week with the, the Southwest Power Pool 
and then specifically what what maybe the Corporation Commission did to try to um, increase some of the electricity. Yeah. So, I mean, like when I moved here, I didn't know that the Corporation Commission existed and I feel like I still am barely, I'm learning. Um, so yeah, I watched some Corporation Commission meetings. Basically, I feel like this has been kind of like hashed over a lot of times. It's like, you know, what happened is like gas lines started freezing everywhere and power plants are fed by gas lines and those froze and wood turbines started freezing. And, um, you know, like in Texas right now, everyone's been talking about they have this situation where Texas has a self-contained um, energy grid where they don't share anything with other states. And um, they also are not subject to a bunch of the federal regulations that grids that span more than one state are subject to. And so there's a conversation going on right now where it's like, is it deregulation that's caused this because, you know, plants were not required to winterize? Um, although I read somewhere that even like a bunch of plants that did do like optional winterization in Texas froze anyway. <laughs> um, although I'm sure if like there was better preparation, it obviously wouldn't have been quite as bad as it is now. Anyway, in Oklahoma, we're on um, the SPP, which is the Southwestern Power Pool. Um, and it spans, I think, 14 states. And so it's from basically North Dakota down through Texas and touches on different states in between and different yeah. power power plants feed their energy in there and they manage where it goes. Is that right? Yeah. So they basically my understanding is that they don't like own any of the stuff. They basically just like are the, um, you know, traffic cops, like kind of making sure everything gets distributed. So like, you know, when everything freezes in Oklahoma, they're able to be like, hey, Nebraska, like you have to send some stuff down there. Um, but yeah, like the Corporation Commission meetings, I, I feel like I can't give like a very informed um, summation of them because a lot of it was like super technical stuff I didn't understand. There was a conversation about, you know, um, gas wells that are sort of regulated to produce at a certain level, like letting them exceed that level. There was a discussion about, um, you know, gas companies have contracts with certain places where they have to send gas to like, you know, these industrial sites or whatever. Um, it's a question, was, is this an emergency where they can like redirect that gas and not get in trouble in court later for having broken their contract? Um, so all those discussions were going on. I feel like they were like pretty technical and legal and like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to present them fully accurately. Well, I think people were, <laughs> yeah, and people were freaking out back at home, you know, uh, not sure what this meant. And, and then, you know, to try to tune in and, and figure out what this very convoluted and, and, you know, arguably problematic three member body, right? It's like a three member elected mm -hmm. uh, body. They, they have, there was a, in the Fallon administration, there was an effort to, um, they, they did like a, not an audit, but a, an examination of the Corporation Commission and imagining, you know, its second century of existence and how would you modernize it. And, you know, there were a bunch of uh, recommendations that, of course, didn't necessarily all happen. They finally got a new website. They used to have a hilariously, um, <laughs> it had like 216 links in its menu or something ridiculous. So, um, but they finally got a new website and but there's only three people. So like if, if, if commissioner Todd Hyatt and commissioner Bob Anthony get in an elevator together, like they can't talk about, you know, uh, <laughs> things that might come right. Things that might come before them. And so, I mean, for years, the, the joke has always been that they had some variation of, you know, they would, they would 
yell across the the offices you know if they had to so that they wouldn't violate you know they couldn't go one commissioner can't go walk into the other commissioner's office close the door and talk about what they're going to deal with next week so they set utility rates and and you know oversee a lot of things and um you know i think oklahoma fared fairly well right i mean i think that that uh, we could have been a lot worse off in texas um, you know, because of some of the issues you talked about, Andrea, it, it is, is way worse off. Yeah. I mean, like compared to Texas, obviously we did pretty well. It also seems like a lot of stuff has broken. Um, yeah. I mean, there was one point in one of these meetings where it was this question of whether, um, whether gas companies were allowed to break certain contracts to redirect gas to residential areas and all this. And, um, the guy who kind of oversees utilities for the corporation commission, Brandy Reith was on this on this call just kind of kept going and it turned into this kind of convoluted conversation about like, well, do they have a public duty to do this anyway? Like, do they need special emergency permission? Like, do we need to pass this? And at one point, like, he looked like he was about to cry. He was just like red in the face. Um, that poor guy, I'm sure like didn't sleep for 48 hours. And yeah, it was kind of like, you know, they were kind of debating like, well, what counts as a big power consumer? And he was like, anything bigger than a house right now is a big power consumer. <laughs> like everyone needs to turn off the lights. Um, but yeah, it was like kind of intense, but it feels like we're on the other side of it now, I guess. We'll see. Yeah, certainly. Hey, I just realized for, for our loyal listeners, did, did we have a historical nugget this week? Did we, did we forget to do that? I've done the historical nugget. I have facts and information. Great. Okay. I want, <laughs> us, to, I want us to take a detour to a historical nugget about weather in Oklahoma, and then we'll come back to energy discussions. Okay. You guys. I went onto the internet and I clicked buttons and I researched things. Um, Let me pull up my little pages here. So we kind of got curious about the uh, weather center in the National Weather Service in Norman. So yeah, and how it how it got here. And the assumption was we had was that we just have the craziest weather, you know, on the whole continent and a mix of everything. (laughs) And somebody that was like my Robert, hypothesis. Yes. <laughs> did Robert did Robert Kirk convince the other 99 senators uh, of the same thing? And, and we got it put here or what, what happened? Well, yeah. So here's the thing is it's not the only one. Um, the National Weather Service essentially um, began on October 1st, 19. I mean, 1890. Sorry, that's a longer time ago. 1890. Um, And so Congress passed an act uh, creating the U.S. Weather Bureau underneath the the Department of Agriculture. And so about a month later, uh, a weather bureau that was in the Overholzer Opera House or also known as the Orpheum Theater later in its life. And then that's actually where the Cox Convention Center is today um, was created. And that was November 1st of 1890. So this is um, so before statehood. I guess that what statehood. I don't have that date in my head. Well, that would be 1907. Really, we're supposed to know that. I didn't. I don't know that. <laughs> okay, so okay. before statehood, yes, we had a. Um, uh, now I've lost my everything. What is, Sorry, what guys. Is your shirt, what does your shirt say in this in the sort? Oh, of I miss precedented times. <laughs> it's the yeah. it's the sweatshirt I've been wearing for the last six months. I feel like. <laughs> I miss precedented times. I like that. Okay. So back to <laughs> so the anyway, um, the main, main office is located in Silver Spring, Maryland, um, under, okay. under the Department of Agriculture. So our Norman facility is one of like 122 weather forecasting offices. Um, and so this office is responsible for covering most of Oklahoma, not the panhandle. 
and then western portions of northern Texas and the Norman uh, National Weather Service Office forecasting office has received um, accommodations for or had their work recognized for its excellence by both local and national media and even President Obama. But here's what I did that I thought would be real fun is revisiting terrible weather days. So this podcast is going to air on February 22nd. Am I correct? Right. That's Monday. Yeah, I think that's right. So um, there's a list on the on weather.gov. There's a list of the worst weather day uh, for each day of the year. So February 22nd, uh, 1975 was severe thunderstorms um, and six tornadoes, hail, uh, drifts up to three feet reported in Duncan. Um, So that was a pretty crazy day. And then in 1996, all time record high temperatures for the month of February, it got up to 92 degrees. Oof. Yeah, I know. Well, that'll be next Thursday, so that'll be fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll be ready by then. <laughs> um, okay, is that the is that the the conclusion of your of your nug? Historical nugget is a wrap. Okay, unless you, you want to hear, unless you want to hear um, what the worst weather day of October seventeenth, which is your birthday, boss. Yeah, when was that? Was that, was uh, that so when the earthquake 19... happened in nineteen eighty nine? In 1979, many birds mm-hmm. were victims of a severe thunderstorm that crossed the Wichita Mountains. So a bunch of birds died in 1979 on your birthday. More than 3,500 sure. birds were injured. From yes. wind? Or like, how does a thunderstorm kill birds? I just, I just, I don't know. Normal? I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you know? <laughs> that's all it told me. A one inch. Oh, hail up to one inch in diameter. Well, that's how. That's how it. That's how it'll get wow, you. That, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's not good. Can you? And guys Andrea, on your me? birthday, we were dealing with uh, the remains of the tropical storm Deborah. When was that? That was uh, 1959. So that was the worst July 27th weather-wise. Deborah, what? Like, what did it do to the weather? Tropical storms, yada yada yada. Gulf of Mexico, you do do. Lots of flooding. Minor flooding. flooding. Sounds rainy. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so so let's take that. Let's kind of, there's a couple things in there that I want to touch back on. We're going to go back kind of the energy discussion um, because when the weather is extreme, obviously it strains the energy production. uh, And I want to, I got some, I got a pop quiz for you. Pop quiz, hot shot. On February 17th, which would have been Wednesday, at 3.35 Central Time PM, uh, what do you think, what fuel source in, I don't know if this is Oklahoma, I think this is the SPP actually, um, what fuel source made up 54.7% of the electricity being generated? I'm gonna say wind. Angela? Um, Fred Flintstone feet? <laughs> uh not uh, you know i don't know uh think about like what, I, 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 in, okay listen listen people I almost, <laughs> I almost said petroleum and then i'm like i don't even know if that's like a thing like is that a thing i think i'm just thinking about king of the hill What's, no, i don't even, good natural don't like natural gas natural gas made up 28.9 percent at that time okay but if you dug down deep enough in the bedrock of but below Fred Flintstone's feet, <laughs> and you strip mined uh, the Green River in Kentucky, where John Prine's uh, dad used to take him to shoot 
uh, pop bottles, what would you get? Coal. There we go. We used to have wow, a lot of job, coal Andrea. mining. A lot of coal mining in Southeast Oklahoma. That's, um, there's a, there's a beer by Chalk Brewing called Minor Mishap, uh, based on a, a historical disaster down there. Um, I can't, Bryce, we might need to include, uh, the opening of, of Steve Earle's, uh, It's About Blood, uh, which is from his latest album about, uh, the coal mining disaster in West Virginia a few years ago. Anyway. Love me in the eye when you're talking to me. Want to see in your soul when you lie. Don't try and tell me that you couldn't foresee what everybody reckoned was a matter of time. So yeah, coal made up 54.7% of the generation mix. Natural gas, about 29%. Uh, wind power was down at that point to 2%. It oh, was man, up was around so 5 well. or 6% <laughs> higher. Uh, solar was 0.7%. Um, waste disposal was 0.03%. I don't even know. I don't know what that is. That's like burning trash. I don't know. Is it hydro. Sort of like, yeah. Hydro. Hydro was 5.2%. Uh, and then we had nuclear power at 6.6%. So kind of an interesting deal. Now, the reason this was, um, you know, kind of on my mind as state representative Mark McBride had posted it on Facebook, he was posting updates on that. And he, I think, used to be chairman of the Energy Committee uh, before he convinced Democrats to sign an agreement to raise the GPT to 5%. But anyway, uh, the, <laughs> sorry, representative, uh, the, uh, we're going to get some hate mail. The re oh, we're already getting hate mail on Twitter today already. Just uh, anyway, so the reason this was relevant to people was because there's a discussion about um, you know uh, future power sources, right? You know, should we should we move away from fossil fuels? And somebody posted a meme of a helicopter made of fossil fuels utilizing chemicals made of fossil fuels to thaw a wind turbine made of fossil fuels to produce <laughs> wind energy, right? Um, and so we have this discussion in our in our society. And of course, like anything, it got very politicized very quickly. You know, there were rumors that the reason that um, the power was in short supply was because the wind turbines had frozen. And that was, you know, a factor. But there was also the issues that you talked about in Texas, Andrea, and the, and the gas pumps freezing. And all. I mean, there was just a million issues, right? Like everything. Broke. But <laughs> yeah, it became right because we had sub zero uh, or negative zero degree temperatures, which all the math teachers out there were pulling their hair out, right? Like zero is neither a positive or a negative number. But anyway, uh, so this was a, a big part of the conversation. And thankfully, uh, I was really, really thrilled that News 9 on Sunday night um, uh, took a reprieve from their wall-to-wall -wall coverage to allow the episode of 60 Minutes to play. And their third or second story, I guess, on the night was Anderson Cooper interviewing Bill Gates uh, and the headline, I think, was, or at least on the online version of it, is Bill Gates, How the World Can Avoid a Climate Disaster. And so, uh, you know, he's talking about Bill Gates wants to, please, we have 30-some years, uh, 100 years is too late, we have 30-some years to really reimagine the way we do a lot of society, right? Everything from how we package food, how we grow food, all of those sorts of things. Uh, but, and here I'm going to read you a little bit from this, this Anderson Cooper story. But of all his green investments, Gates has spent the most time and money pursuing a breakthrough in nuclear energy, arguing it's key to a zero carbon future. He says he's a big believer in wind and solar and thinks it can one day provide up to 80% of the country's electricity. 
But Gates insists unless we discover an effective way to store and ship wind and solar energy, nuclear power will have to do the rest. Energy from nuclear plants can be stored so it's available when the sun isn't shining and when the wind isn't blowing. So Cooper asks, were you always a big proponent of nuclear? Uh, and of course, in 2008, Gates founded Terra Power, a company that he has redesigned to an, as a nuclear reactor. And Gates said, Terra Power's natrium reactor. This is a rendering. We haven't built it yet, but here's the nuclear island right here. And he goes on to talk about how Gates says uh, it's, it's less expensive to build, uh, produces less weight, and is fully automated which the irony being that the story that led into this story on 60 Minutes was all about the um, sort of Russian-originated uh, uh, hack of, uh, you know, that, uh, that permeated America this summer, you know, and infected all the computer systems, Sun something, I forget the, the name of it. But um, so I was like, oh, great, a fully automated nuclear reactor. Uh, what could go wrong there, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, Gates talks about how they have a different, um, the, the individual fuel pins in his proposal are actually where uranium fuel is, and that's what generates all the heat in our natrium reactor. They use, I think, salt, um, and it, it, Gates says in a normal reactor, it's water that's flowing past and heating up, and it'll boil and generate a lot of high pressure. That high heat and pressure can cause an explosion like in Chernobyl in 1986, when radioactive material was spread thousands of miles. Gates' version won't use water to cool down fuel rods. They plan to use liquid sodium. So I was thinking about this because a long time ago, I was in a Senate committee hearing when now uh, Secretary of State Brian Bingman was presenting a bill to try to get Oklahoma into the nuclear power uh, world. And of course, everybody was terrified. Uh, but then you look at what we've got going on with, with climate change. You, you've got the reality that, that while alternatives are a, you know, a, a big positive in a lot of ways, uh, I mean, in many ways, they, they struggle at times like this. And so, you know, I thought Gates's take uh, was really timely as it related to this massive uh, storm that hit and the power struggles that we had in this part of the country. So would you guys support nuclear power being like, what if, what if the legislature wanted to uh, allow someone to do a nuclear power plant in uh, like Northwest Oklahoma? Would you be, guys be down? Oh, uh, Andrea, take it away. I don't know enough about like the arguments for it. Like I, I kind of understand the arguments for, I don't totally know what the arguments against it are, I guess. I know like, obviously in my mind, I think a lot about Fukushima in Japan, <laughs> you know, like that was right. not, the, yeah. you know, like well, that's or, obviously like the main association in my head to nuclear power. And I'm sure that's true of a lot of people. And I'm sure that's where like a lot of resistance to it comes from. Um, I don't know. The oil and gas industry must not love that idea though, right? I, I can't imagine so, um, you know, although, uh, I mean, I think it's, I mean, they're, they're certainly not in love with Gates's overall proposal to, you know, essentially get rid of, of um, you know, petroleum in all of these different things, fertilizer and all the things it's currently used for. But um, from an energy generation standpoint, I was just really interested in, in, in nuclear power. Um, you guys, uh, you know, climate change isn't, always uh, a welcome discussion in certain circles. You may have mentioned that right here in Oklahoma. Um, it took a long time for people to, to maybe even move to the acceptance of, oh, uh, you know, this is happening. And, and what we see in climate change, it's not, you know, they did a disservice branding it as global warming years ago, right? Because, uh, you know, it's more extreme weather. Um, it's different weather patterns. It's, it affects habitats of 
of um, you know species. Uh, certainly, humans, you know, will who live on the coasts uh, will see right. You know, as the polar ice caps melt, we see rising sea levels. Um, so a lot of models. There's also charts and everything you can see that are are problematic with it. But um, you know, it's I, I just I thought it was interesting to tie it back to our initial conversation. I thought it was interesting that we had this all this TV news coverage of, of this event. And, you know, there's there's never any discussion of the how climate change can can impact folks here in Oklahoma. And maybe because we have such crazy weather, we just say, ah, oh, the weather's always crazy. It's not a big deal. But it certainly seems to be something that, um, you know, is is getting worse. It feels to me that our weather is just more and more extreme. Am I on a, am I on a limb on that? Hello, Bueller. Uh, OK, well. <laughs> On that note, I've got one other thing about uh, climate change that is maybe a, a heartwarming story. The Washington Post has it. Um, democracy dies in darkness, but the richest man in the world wants us to pay a dollar a day for his, or a dollar a month for his his newspaper. Um, anyway, uh, the story opens up. Will, Will Bellamy spotted two injured birds along the Texas coast earlier this week, and the self-described animal lover delivered them to conservationists for care. But the conservationists had a message themselves, he said. Wide out for distressed sea turtles. The deadly winter storm that swept across Texas and parts of the South knocked out power and water for millions. It also created a catastrophe for animals statewide, including for sea turtles prone to freezing in frigid waters. Bellamy, an Army and Marine Corps veteran who served in Iraq and Haiti, saw some turtles Tuesday with his son Jerome, but he needed help. He alerted uh, some other people in the Naval Air Station. Uh, the commander there grabbed his kayak, paddled into the cold waves, and retrieved a lap full of cold, shocked turtles. That's cold oh, hyphen The next day on Bellamy's turtle patrol, however, the situation became far more urgent and one that would require a lot more hands. Quote, it was like an apocalypse of turtles littered on the beach, Bellamy told the Washington Post in a phone interview Thursday. More than 1,100 turtles have since been plucked from Laguna Madre by a ragtag group of about 50 Navy pilots and flight students, military spouses, family members, and military retirees. More turtles are still coming in, and unfortunately, some have died. Green sea turtles listed as a threatened species feast on grasses found in the Laguna Madre waters, but in winter weather, the chilling shallow waters zap strength from the cold-blooded reptiles. They become immobile and unable to power their fins to warmer, deeper waters, putting them at risk of dying from predation, being eaten, or exposure. Uh, rescuing cold-stunned turtles has become an annual routine in Texas with dozens or hundreds aided in a typical year. But with the weather so much more severe, thousands of turtles have been rescued in the larger effort this week. So that's what I got. Um, oh, yeah, it's sad. Little so if, apocalypse. I don't know if that's hard. No, that's really sad. <laughs> if you see it, if you see a cold snap turtle, um, you know, do your best to go rescue it. Angela, I think that's time for our favorite segment. Donor relations. Nope, said it wrong. Having relations. Whatever, you guys. This is our, our pod nod section. I am going to read to you a couple of good feedback uh, quotes we got. Um, I think this was our episode four that they're talking about, um, but from uh, Joe in Edmond, listen to your podcast. Best one yet. 
The guest was excellent. And the non-doc team seems to be getting more comfortable with each other in a podcast setting. Yay, guys. We finally <laughs> like each other. We're figuring it out. Look, we're doing it. And then um, John and Norman said, hey, this week's pod was really good. There's some partisan comments in there. I'll just edit that out while I read. But it was really interesting and didn't drag. You guys, we are good not stuff. dragging. We're so good stuff. not dragging. I don't know if our Zoom podcast is going to have as, as rave reviews, but. I don't know. We don't even know what the audio is going to sound like. Our, our new board it. member, Warren Veith, a veteran journalist, great guy. He gave us a lot of praise this morning on the phone to me about the podcast. He said, uh, in short, that we sound very conversational. It's like a morning radio show, very perky. And he thought we were doing a good job in the market. So do you have any names to read, Angela? Thank you, Warren. Yes, I've got just a couple of pod nods. Uh, just really just a couple today, Lawrence Knowles, Joe Dorman, and Linda Madden. Joe Dorman reached out and gave us a, don a little donor donation on National Kindness Day, I think it was, or not Random Acts of Kindness Day. So we are thankful that he thought of us on that day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, uh, everybody. I uh, Those are good pod nods. I don't know about you guys. I worked on my pod bod. Uh, mm -hmm. And if we can come right back, I've got our final question. So Bryce, mm -hmm. hit us with a new Zoom link because we capped ourselves at 40 minutes to keep this short. No, oh, no, up, we're still going. Oh, he's, okay, yeah, he's, we're good. He's, we're fancy okay, now. Great. We're All right. <laughs> wow, well, there we go. That's embarrassing. Um, we'll edit that out maybe. So are we done? No, wait, I've got one more question. Oh, oh one more thing before I forget. Yay. Related Related to our pod bods, which we all work, which is just like when when somebody to the podcast shows up with a bag of cookies, which seems to happen every time we record, that's working on our pod bod. And mm -hmm. I have done nothing but eat all week. Mm -hmm. um, so my question to you two, what is your go-to, the world is about to freeze and I must cook something food? Oh, no, no. <laughs> What did you make a big pot of? What do you what do you go to when you're just trying to eat something warm? Any ideas? My answer is so depressing. I just hate cooking so much, but I did eat a box of fruit roll-ups in one sitting. Ooh. So good. That's... And then I started pairing them with other candies, like some sour candies. I've got like a whole like list of combinations. This is not what you're asking, I know, but I'm having a candy moment in my life. This that's what okay but that gave you the sugar rush you needed to, just to cook a through. crock pot of chili i guess that would be like my that's like the one thing i know how to make so i'm like oh it's cold i, I know how to throw cans of beans in a crock pot chili okay all right uh well i got well then i'll go since you said chili that's i started this snowpocalypse you know 47 days ago with a, it feels like now with a big can a big thing of chili i took my big chili pot to my girlfriend's house with all the fixins and i don't you do you know my secret chili uh additive beer cinnamon corn no no uh no she uh no what eggplant <laughs> oh, eggplant because it's like i i came up with this a couple years ago when i was growing eggplant which is kind of hard in this climate and getting harder, huh? Okay. Uh, and <laughs> the, yeah, it's like a, if you drain it, you know, anytime you cook with eggplant, you're supposed to slice it and then drain it, right? Because it's full yeah. of water. Yeah. Oh my and God, then, uh, 
anyway, the egg, you slice the eggplant, let it drain. It becomes like a sponge. And so in chili, you can kind of beef up, get a little extra bulk in there, you know, for your 12 day snowstorm. And uh, you can, it soaks up the juices of the chili and gets the flavor in there. I don't know. It's a little it hack for me. I'm sure it's people like eggplant soaks up a bunch of oil. So you don't lose all that like good beefy. Yeah. <laughs> give me the, wow. give me the, give me the chili residue. Right. This is an educational podcast for sure. I have learned so much today. You guys. Another, another chili hack is if you have leftover okra and it gets all slimy, Ooh. doesn't matter in chili. Oh my gosh, my mind is being blown. Boom. Kind of a okay. gumbo at that point, that's you're you're getting into gumbo territory. Oh yeah, you're crossing into gumbo territory. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. How to feel about that. I know. We're gonna have semantic discussions all the time. People are <laughs> mad at me from uh, Columbus, Ohio, down to Cholula, Mexico. <laughs> so mess with gumbo. Chihuahua, Mexico. I don't. I don't. I never. I, I, <laughs> I don't even up. know words. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, okay, Andrea, what is your go-to world is freezing over food? Um, well, so first of all, regarding pod bods, I've been working out more this last week just to get my body temperature up. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's it's been, it's been good in that regard. Um, I, I also have not like had very reliable water and then like, I've had some like leaking drain pipes and stuff. So I just have like not been cooking that much this week. But I did make a big lasagna last week, um, which is yeah. Good. I like a I like a big chunk of food. And that's yes. When when are you bringing lasagna to the podcast recording? Well, I have it in like baggies in my freezer right now, mm-hmm. so I'll bring it to the next one. That's exciting. next episode. We're gonna start calling you Garfield. That's your that's gonna be your nickname. That's great. <laughs> you don't like that? Who doesn't like Garfield? I just don't know if that's what Garfield. <laughs> Because he likes lasagna. I got it. And- <laughs> no, no, she's there. She's there. She just when it's cold, he when it's cold, he tucks himself in his little bed with his blanket. That's just All like right. me. All right, <laughs> fine. Uh, listen, rate us, subscribe to us, review us, leave some comments. If you have a better nickname for one of us that's not, you know, racist or sexist, add it in the comments. Um, Always All right. <laughs> hey, uh, on Tuesday, it's supposed to be like 55 degrees. I shall see you on a patio somewhere. Yeah. Ciao. Yes. Ciao. Bye-bye. Live from the News Dungeon is a non-doc.com production. Edited and recorded by Bryce Holland. <laughs>